Welcome to What's the Word podcast with myself, Nick Henderson, a resource that helps push you further in your faith by discussing what God's Word has to say about various topics that tend to trip up believers and keep us from advancing into the place God has for us. I'm so grateful you're tuning in today. And before we get into the content, I want to ask if this episode provides you any value that you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. Those two things help a ton. With that aside, let's jump in to today's episode. This episode includes a Q&A with my friend Micah McAllister. Micah is a pastor at Fresh Life Church in Montana, where Levi Lusco happens to serve as the senior pastor. And Micah's journey to joining the staff there is an incredible and crazy journey. So listen in to learn how to discern God's call for your life. I really felt like God was calling me into ministry. I just came out of a, a terrible season of kind of God taking out the foundation of my life of where I thought I was going. Grew up, I didn't grow up in church or anything. So my dad was a, a football coach. So basically the foundation that my life was built on was football. And I had this big dream and uh, I would almost say till this day, I still believe it. <laughs> but I believe that I was going to go to college and play at a big school and play football. And then after that, go and play in the NFL. Like, And uh, I just came out of this that kind of being taken out under me and the reality setting in that that's not going to be what my life's going to look like. So I kind of came to like an identity crisis and then really leaned into God in that time. And my faith really went to a whole nother level. And I preached, let's see, I, put, I preached my first sermon to my youth group my senior year on New Year's Eve. And then the next day, a friend of mine and I were going to fly to Chicago from Ohio, where I'm from. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of Jefferson Bethke. He did like this spoken word stuff. And I like just read his book. I thought I was going to be like the next Jefferson Bethke. I did a, a spoken word and everything and posted on YouTube. I'm not going to share where that is because it is like one of those things you look back at and you're like, what in the world does that, what was I even saying? Like, is that even biblical? And um, I went to this conference because he was speaking at it. And it, I think it was for 18 year olds and older, but it wasn't really specific to high schoolers, but me and my friend, we went to it and I was fangirling because Jefferson Bethke was there. He was speaking and I was like, oh my gosh. And uh, ended up meeting him and getting him to sign my book that I read. Uh, that a couple of days later, Pastor Levi uh, was speaking at that conference. Never heard of the guy. Had no idea uh, who he was or where he was from. But he told his story that he wrote a book about called "Through the Eyes of a Lion," where. Long story short, he lost his daughter to an asthma attack. And basically, this whole book talks about how God uses our suffering for his glory. And uh, he, God obviously has used that in Pastor Levi's life. And when he was preaching, I just felt so connected to everything he was saying. And just coming out of a, a season of kind of suffering, but also just the way he preached. I always grew up thinking nobody wants to be a part of a church because it's not cool. It's boring. But the way he preached... And the way he looked and everything, like I was so new to kind of like where God was taking me. I'm like, this is cool. Like the way he's preaching, I feel like connects and it's kind of edgy at the same time. Like he's saying things that we're all thinking, but it may not be the religious way to say stuff or it may not be like proper. And I just love that he 
kind of preached a different way. And I always felt like after that, that God was calling me to plant a church. And then um, when I found out about him after speaking that, I kind of started following him through social media and then found out about his church and uh, realized everything that I would envision a church to be is what Fresh Life Church was. And uh, the vision of Fresh Life is to see those stranded in sin, find life and liberty in Jesus Christ. So the center of Fresh Life's mission is to see people that don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. And I felt like that's where my heart was really aligned with. That is what I always want to see a church to be. So I was like, why plant a church when there's somebody already doing that? So that was kind of how I found out about Fresh Life in 2015. And then kind of after that, went to uh, Liberty University in Virginia. And uh, that's where I started to feel like a place where I needed to pursue ministry. Didn't know what it looked like. I thought, still kind of thought the church planning thing was a thing. Maybe being a pastor, I always wanted to preach. So I felt like that was kind of where I was headed. But I was, the main reason I went to a college, a Christian college was because I never grew up in the faith. So I never knew who, what Noah's Ark was. I didn't know about Moses splitting the Red Sea. I didn't know about David and Goliath, none of that. So I was like, if I want to go to ministry, I feel like it's very important for me to know these things if I'm going to be preaching it and telling people about it. So one of the semesters, they announced that uh, Pastor Levi was coming to Liberty University to speak. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the best thing ever. And uh, our, the campus pastor at that time uh, at Liberty would give his number out and just like put it out there for people to text him. So I was like, I'm going to text this guy and ask him if I could somehow meet Levi Lusco. I don't care what it's going to take. I don't care what's going to happen. So I texted him and uh, ended up getting ghosted, never got a response back. So I was like, you know, I could try to like hook up with a, get a connection to somehow get backstage or something. But since I was already following the church and watching online on the weekend and felt like I was kind of a part of the church in a way, uh, I reached out to Fresh Life Church uh, in, in an email. I was like, hey, I'm a student here at Liberty University. I love watching Fresh Life and I, I've been following Pastor Levi for a long time. And I, I heard he's coming to um, Liberty and I would love to meet him and just talk to him basically. And uh, believe it or not, they connected me with his assistant and she connected me with a guy on our team now who uh, came to Liberty with him and they hooked up my wife and I to meet him uh, when he came to Liberty. So we did campus community, which was an evening session where he, he spoke in the morning at convocation that day and then spoke in the evening. They let us come backstage to introduce ourselves. And I was looking forward to it. I was so nervous. I was like, what in the world? It's kind of like that Jefferson Bethke moment where I was fangirling. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And uh, we ended up meeting. And it was only like five minutes, but it was like the best five minutes ever. And I felt like what you see on stage was really who he was in person as well. Just made you feel seen, made you, made you feel known, gave us his time. I mean, the fact that, you know, the email and the connection and everything worked out for us to meet him. It was pretty cool just how that happened, especially at a college where there's so many thousands of students that would come to that and to see how God really orchestrated that to that connection to happen. And um, he mentioned the internship at Fresh Life that they do in the summer, but 
The only problem was my wife and I were getting married the next summer. So I was like, well, I can't do the internship this summer. We're going to have to wait a whole nother year if we want to. And it was kind of a bummer. Um, I was thinking, okay, maybe we get married and then move out there uh, to do the in internship. Well, it was kind of a holding pattern. We didn't do it. We stayed and just kind of learned. I mean, we were newly married. So it was like, that was kind of the priority at that, at that season. Well, the next summer comes around and I'm praying because it's my last summer before I graduate. And kind of, I told God, it was, Hey God, I really need wherever this, wherever you're going to take me this summer, may that be the place that I'm going to end up moving to maybe a place that I could potentially be a part of because graduating after that, it, I didn't really have a plan. Basically was, was praying God, like, where do you want us to be this summer? And the internship came back up and we were following Fresh Life online and saw the internship pop up again. So uh, I ended up applying to be a part of that and didn't hear back until March uh, or April that I was accepted into the internship. But the only problem about this internship is it's not paid. Um, if you want to be a part of it, you have to pay. You're basically paying to come out here and live. So there were so many different hoops to jump through to get to be a part of the internship, but ended up fundraising, getting a bunch of money to be a part of this. Ended up having to leave my wife for three weeks of the summer to come out here because she was doing an intensive for school and was staying back and then was flying out later to uh, join me in this. And none of us, I, I wasn't allowed having a job during the internship and uh, she I mean, was coming in a little later. So to have a job to find a job for a couple of weeks of the summer was going to be pretty hard but ended up doing the internship and honestly everything i got to see the culture of fresh life i got to see the vision and got to be under pastor levi's teaching so to see everything that i wanted to be a part of come to to life was pretty incredible and to see how god got us out there just from these small little moments that led up from a senior in high school to this time well, did the, after the internship, I, I was hoping that, you know, we could stay there. But the only problem was we had to go back to finish our last semester. So it was kind of like I was living in the middle of my dream. And now we were going to have to take a step backwards to go back to Virginia. And uh, my, my wife's a teacher. So she had like there was no choice. She had to go back to college to finish that semester or she couldn't be a teacher. I was like, you know what? I'll just drop. I, I want to be here so bad. I'll drop out. Or I'll just go online and if it takes an extra year to finish, I'll do that. Because I really thought like the position I was interning for, the person that I was working with quit and that position came open. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm already here. I know what the job looks like and what to do. I, I feel like I've got a guarantee pass to, to work here if I do. My wife and I, we ended up getting, we were riding our bikes one day. And when I found out the person quit, we ended up getting in an a argument in, on our bike in front of Walgreens because I was trying to get her to move and just drop out and move to Montana. But a uh, long story short, we ended up going back to Liberty to finish our last semester, was still in, encouraged and felt like God was calling us to move there. But then in December, toward the end of the semester, I really felt like we kind of we're coming to a standstill in like where God was calling us to. I was looking at my journal today and I wrote three, three options. Here's the three options we can do after this, our last semester. We can 
um, moved to Montana where none of us are guaranteed a job. Uh, none of us are guaranteed anything. If we move there, we can move back home. We can live with my parents, save money, kind of be in a holding pattern, hear more clarity of like where God is calling us or move to Colorado where I did an internship previously. Um, there was no guarantee to job, but I loved the city. I loved Colorado and all the things that were, were there. And uh, those were the three options. This Safest option was to move back home and just uh, live with our family and get a job there and just save up some money to get started in, in our new marriage that we were in. The mistake I made was reaching out to so many different people and getting their advice. I started hearing seven different perspectives. You should do this. You should do that. Everyone in Montana, you should move here. You should move here. Everyone in Ohio, you should move here. Everyone in Colorado, saying the same thing. And my home church was even looking to potentially hire me there to be a part of their church. So I was like, I got to guarantee I'm graduating ministry. I could go be a part of this church here in my hometown. I ended up calling the, one of my best friends now, but also he was my internship leader when I was here doing the internship. And I was like, Hey man, I got bad news for you. Um, we're not going to be moving to Montana anymore. Uh, we're going to move back home. I just feel like you know, we, we don't know what's the right decision anymore. I, I'm not guaranteed anything if we move there. And he, he basically shut me down. He's like, no, dude, this is what God has called you to do. Like, what, why are you running from this? This is like, you know, this is what God is calling you to. Well, we, we got off the phone call and I was, uh, I, after that, I just went home and face planted into my bed and just started crying. Cause I was like, I don't know where to go and wherever we go can be where we live for the rest of our life, where we're going to raise a family. And there's so many potential things that could happen wherever we move after that. And honestly, just started leaning into God even more in that season, because what happened is I allowed so many voices in my head that I didn't know which voice was God's. So I just kind of, I guess you could say fasted from advice. I, I fasted from hearing everyone else and just learned to discern what voice was God's. And I just felt so much clarity that I knew what I felt previously. I knew the, the calling that God had for us to be a part of this church in Montana. I, and I was thinking of all the things that happened. Like they weren't just a coincidence. They were all so uh, perfected by God. So we, we weighed the options and still said, you know what? If this is what God has called us to do, let's go to Montana. The problem was I didn't have a job coming into Montana. And my wife had a student teach, so she couldn't work either. So we're moving to a place where there's no guarantee of money. And you know this, you need money to move places. You need money to survive. We, I didn't have a job, but we still, we still moved anyway. Luckily, the guy that convinced me to move to Montana, he's our campus pastor here at Fresh Life in Kalispell. He let us live in his basement when we moved there. And uh, I can't remember, rent was like a hundred bucks or something like that. It was so cheap. So we ended up, after that semester, uh, packed up our bags and sold everything and drove out here. And one of the scriptures that I really leaned into during this time was just the story of Abraham. Because Abraham's story begins with God calling him to a place that he will, quote, show you. He's like, just go to the place I will show you. He didn't have Google Maps. He didn't have uh, like a even a physical map to look at. It was just I'll go, go to the place I will show you. And I felt like that is what 
we were going into. God was taking us to a place he will show us. There was no guarantee on the other side or anything like that. That was kind of what got me through the hard doubts of how God provided for Abraham. God could do the same thing for us. So we once we got to Montana, ended up getting a job at the bank and uh, worked there. I was hoping to work there for one month and then get a call from the church to hire me. But another month went by and then another month ended up working there for six months as a teller. I'm a people person. I am very, I need to talk to people. Working at a bank is not for me. I got tattoos. I don't wear dress business clothes. So working at a bank was not for me. But long story short, uh, the end of May ended up getting hired to be what actually I would have got if I would have stayed in the summer ended up getting that position uh, months later. We've been here since 28, the end of 2018, December 27th, we, we left Virginia and drove out to Montana and have been here since. And now I'm, I've been the student director here where I lead our students here at a broadcast campus, but also at our other campuses here at Fresh Life. So that is like how we got to Montana. See, that's what's you know, insane, right? I mean, what an incredible story. I mean, going from a place of like, I have no idea what to do, but we're just going to go anyways. And I just want to ask you, what was maybe one of the greatest lessons you learned along this journey of following God's call? One of the biggest things I tell people this all the time today is when you feel like God has a dream in your heart, I think the best thing we can do, I, I know with good intentions, we want to talk to other people about that dream and we want people to give us advice. But I would, I would tell people probably to choose wisely, but keep your circle small because that was probably the worst thing that I did was open up that dream to 500 different people and to get so many different opinions that, like I said earlier, eventually I felt like I couldn't even hear the voice of God because I was hearing other people's voices. And I feel like the bit, even to this day, if I feel like God has a dream in my heart, I choose wisely on who I want to share that with because I want to trust who who knows me well. Usually, I, I have a, I have people here, or at least one guy, which is my best friend, um, I, I talk to uh, if something happens. And then I, I choose someone outside of the context of where I'm at now who is back in my hometown who I, I highly trust. Those are two people I go to when I feel like God has a dream in my heart. And I can get two different perspectives of two different voices. And uh, they have two different jobs. One person's a pastor and one's a financial advisor. So it's like, these are two people I've invited to help me in dreams and situations. And uh, I think that's the best thing. One of the, or one of the things I've learned is just to keep your circle small, but also to, to just learn and discern God's voice in those moments, because you can hear so many different voices and be influenced by so many different ways of, of through social media, through friends and through people who may not have your best interests in mind. So just to learn to be on your knees and discerning God's voice in those moments is probably the best thing you can do when you feel like God has a dream in your heart. And to also just submit to those seasons that you're in. I was, before we moved to, Fresh Life, I was working at Coca-Cola, a coffee shop, and I had a work-study job as a telemarketer. None of those jobs look like a pastor, look like a preacher or anything. Like, I, I think the best thing we can do 
is submit to those seasons and trust that, you know, those things are preparing us for something else later. Because if you can steward a job as a barista, if you can steward a job as a, a, a telemarketer or someone working at McDonald's or someone who's just has a bunch of homework, if you can steward those things well, I think that later sets you up for God to trust you with something bigger. So I felt like if I could have wrapped my head around trusting what God placed me in in those seasons and just submitted to those, then I probably would have been more level-headed once we moved into Montana and didn't have a job and didn't have all these things in place. So I felt like, honestly, I felt like once I learned to submit to the job I had as a teller at the bank, then I finally was able to get a call from Fresh Life. But it took me, I was, my son, he, he always, when I were trying to change his diaper or do something in his best interest, he is always moving and fighting and trying to not let whatever it is to happen. And I felt like that is exactly what I was doing as a bank teller. I was like, I don't want to do this. We moved here for 2,100 miles. Like, I don't, I deserve to be some here. I deserve this. So entitled to think I deserve all these things. But once I was able to submit to that and trust God that he called us here, that, you know, he has me in this job as a bank teller, I can still share the gospel. I can still do all these things that I would do at, at a church. In fact, I can reach more people that don't know Jesus as a bank teller than probably someone who works at a church around Christians all day. So I feel like once I was able to submit to that, then God was able to promote me in my eyes to work at the church from what I felt like he called us there to the first place. And I love that. And you, and you kind of mentioned it too, along the way when it comes to discerning God's call, but I want you to maybe summarize that in a sentence for everybody who's listening today. Like what advice or encouragement do you have for anybody listening to this episode? Westminster Confession of Faith says man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I think our number one calling is one to give God glory in everything you do. The funny thing about that is you don't need a microphone. You don't need an Instagram platform. You don't need to be YouTube famous. You don't need to be a a gamer that everyone knows on Twitch or on the discord to do those things. You can do that wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I think that is the biggest thing I've learned is I've such idolized positions and platforms that have honestly probably kept me from God being able to bless me in those seasons. So I, I think the best thing and the best advice I would give is just to trust God in those seasons, but also God will put us in positions that do not look like the promise or the calling that we think he's calling us toward. When Abram was called by God, the, the first thing that happened was a famine. Like that did not look like the promise. In fact, God told Abram at that time that he was going to give him a child ended up waiting 25 years for that to come to pass. In that season, he went through so much doubt, so much pain. And time and time again, God would show him, hey, look at the stars. That's how many children you're going to have one day. God kept confirming those promises over those things. And I feel like God will call us to different positions and places that are not a final destination for us, but they're just a pivot for us to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing. So I would just tell people, hey, like whatever you're doing right now, don't see it as a final destination, but just see it as a place that is going to pivot you toward the next thing that God has for you. And eventually you will get to that promise that God has called to you as long as you're discerning his voice. Wow. Micah, you know, 
what a crazy, awesome story that you have. And seriously, I think we're all blessed to be able to listen to it, to be able to learn from it. And so we greatly appreciate you being on today. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.